Amen. Well, hey, you can uh, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 100 today. Um, that is, uh, that's where we're going to be uh, this morning. And I just want to say off the top, uh, thanks so much for those of you who, uh, who prayed for me as I was uh, teaching at Harvest Berry last, uh, last weekend. They have uh, three services, and I'll tell you, that is a marathon <laughs> to, uh, to preach three services. My voice had uh, just about had it. Um, but it was so good to be back uh, at our old church and to see so many familiar faces and uh, reconnect with all of them. But uh, in the words of Dorothy... Uh, there's no place like home, right? And it's so good uh, to be back with you. And as fun as it was to be up there, it made me be like, man, I miss, I miss Harvest Newmarket. I miss being back with our people. So I was excited for this weekend, uh, for sure, to get into this. So again, turn your Bibles to uh, 100, uh, Psalm 100. Now, um, if you are a parent of small children... Um, you know that one of the things that you spend just an obscene amount of time uh, telling them to say uh, are those words, thank you, thank you, right? I mean, it would be probably impossible for you to count just how many times uh, someone has given something to your child, right, and they just took it and walked away, right, was saying uh, nothing, no response, you know, and your, your reaction every time is to say, hey, hey, what do you say, right? What, what do you say? Now, what's sure to follow in those moments, again, if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about here, is just that classic, forced, monotone, thank you, Right? Every, every time. So, so utterly void of heartfelt emotion. Right? So, um, so, so combined with an agonizing lack of, of proper eye contact. Right? They just, they just look away. You know, no, no volume level in their voice. Right? The one time you're going to be quiet is when you need to say thank you. You know, and as parents, we often, we just stand there mortified, right? Appalled that our expert parenting skills have been rejected and cast aside uh, once again. Here's the thing. How like our children we are when it comes to expressing proper gratitude to God, right? How like them we are you know, we are, we, we lack thanksgiving. But you know, when we, when we stop and, and, and think about it and really examine who the Lord is and, and what he has done all throughout history and in our lives alone, we should be bursting at the seams with gratitude. We really should. It should be welling up in our hearts and just kind of spilling out of us constantly. Okay, but too often we... We forget to thank him, don't we? we? We go through the motions, but we lack sincerity. We, we force it, but we don't feel it. Okay, but all through the scriptures, all throughout human history, we see the Lord reminding us and, and urging his people to give thanks to him. And I'll read through just a couple of places here uh, throughout scripture. First Chronicles 16, verse 8. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then 2 Corinthians 9.15, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Now again, when you stop and really think about it, we should never ever run out of things to thank God for. And, and without question, our thankfulness or our, you know, or lack thereof is really a sign or an indicator of our spiritual health. It's a massive sign of that. And so the question for us then becomes, you know, how are we doing in this all-important area of gratitude? And then, of course, how can we grow to become, we're never going to be perfect at this, but how can we grow to become more thankful to God for who he is and what he's done? Well, I trust that you're turned to Psalm 100 now. I'm going to read this. Why don't you stand with me as we honor God uh, through the reading of his word. It says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. God, we come before you this morning and recognize, Lord, that our hearts often have a long ways to go when it comes to being appropriately thankful uh, to you. Lord, uh, what have we other than what you have already given us? Lord, you have given us so many things that we can point to, but Lord, most of all, you have given us yourself. You've given us your son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that this morning as we dive into a well-known psalm, Lord, a psalm that's so applicable to the church at all times, Lord, I pray that we would grow in gratitude to you, Lord. I pray that you would, you would, you would break down our, our crusty, hardened hearts, Lord, and soften them, Lord, so that we would love you more deeply through this, Lord. I pray that gratitude would, in fact, spill out of us at every turn. Lord, would you do this in a way that glorifies you, Lord? We want you um, to be high and lifted up. Teach us, Lord, from your word. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can take a seat. Thanks so much. All right, here's the first thing then as we go through this. I trust you've got your notes there and you're uh, ready to rock. I know I am, but here's the first thing. Uh, it's all nearly burst with thankfulness to God when my goal is to worship him. Okay, when my goal... Uh, is to worship him. Now, really quick, um, I want you to count this up in Scripture. How many times in Psalm 100 can you count an exclamation point? Okay, take a look at your uh, passage right now and just count it up, and then somebody kind of yell it out once you got it. How many exclamation points do you see? A six. Exactly. That's how many I counted up. Now, how many verses are there in Psalm 100? Five, right? So six. Six exclamation points in in only five verses. Now, whenever you see this uh, in Scripture, really whenever you see it anywhere, in a text, in an email, wherever it is, it indicates joy, right? It indicates a special level of, of excitement and, and passion. Okay, so, so the bottom line here in Psalm 100, the thrust of it is that it's nothing short of, of an all-out, heartfelt, passionate explosion of gratitude and worship to God. 
That's what you see here all throughout these five verses. And you can just tell there's so much, there's so much energy in it. Right? So, so often we tend to read it with kind of, again, like a monotone kind of a voice. We don't, we don't put the energy into it that this was really coming from. But there's passion in here. Now, do you ever have those types of moments, those Psalm 100 type moments where you are just welling up with gratitude, when you are welling up and you, you, you can't hold it back and, and it, just, it just comes out of you. You're compelled to express genuine thankfulness and worship to God. Do you ever have those moments? Now, I think if we're honest here today uh, with ourselves, I think we would probably admit that we often struggle with that, don't we? We struggle with the, the passion piece of that. We, we, we struggle with the genuineness of our gratitude. I mean, how many times have we prayed for meals and we're just, we're, just, we're just saying words, right? Really, are we thankful for the meal that we have in front of us? Are we thank- do we really want it to bless our bodies? You know, do we really think about it? We struggle with passion. And I think another thing um, that contributes to that is we are so Canadian sometimes. Right? We really are. We're so Canadian. We're just, we're just not as expressive as a nation in general. Sometimes we're just way too polite for that. Uh, we're, we're way too reserved. And, and sometimes I really feel like this gets in the way of, of properly expressing gratitude uh, to God. I mean, how many times have maybe you been on a mission trip before overseas somewhere in a much different culture than ours, and you have seen their passion in worship Right, you, you, you've seen that, the joy in their thanksgiving. It, it's just in another level. It, it's, it's beyond where, where we are, where you are. And maybe when you see that and you experience that, part of you longs for that. You wish that you could express in such a uh, real way and, and mean it. You wish that you could worship and, and thank God and, and praise him for all the little things uh, so to speak, in life like, like they do, right? And it reminds me of, I've been on a bunch of mission trips, but it reminds me of one that I went to, uh, to Cuba. We went to Havana, Cuba, and I brought a bunch of students uh, with us, and we did kind of like a VBS day camp type of a thing. And, and I don't know if you've ever been to Havana before, but it's like stepping back into the 50s. And uh, they don't have a lot. And we hung out with this church for an entire week, and, and, and we couldn't really speak the language, and many of them couldn't speak English, and, and, but we spent time with them, and they just invited us in, in the community that was there, and, and, and they had so little. They had like a bag of rice and flour, and for them to have like chicken with their rice was huge, and so because we had, they had guests coming, you know, they went and spent the, the little money that they had on that, and they thanked the Lord. They were so excited about that. They, they worshiped with such passion. And I remember thinking, man, I am missing something here. I am missing something huge. And the church in North America in general and, and Canada, and let's get real specific here, New Market, right? We are, we are missing something. And, you know, it doesn't really take a whole lot of reflection on our part to realize that, that our gratitude and our passion in worship is, is lacking something. Now, in the fall, we're going to be going through uh, a four-pillar series. These are the, the four pillars of, of our church, and these are the things that we are passionate about and that we are committed to as a church, and, and they are preaching and, 
and, and worship and prayer and evangelism. And you'll see them on the four pillar banners when you walk into church uh, every Sunday. And in the, the worship message, I'm going to go uh, at length more into this and, and the type of worship culture that we're trying to develop and establish and, and cultivate here at our church in, in Newmarket. Okay, so more on that to come. I won't, I won't get into it too much, but, but for now, let's just take a look at these verses here as we uh, work our way through God's word. Take a look at verse 1 and really, again, note the passion here, right? The, the pleasure that they have in God. Um, as they would have sung this out, listen, it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. I love how it doesn't say, sing well. Notice that? Make a joyful noise. As long as you're loud, it's all good. Right? It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Greg loved that, by the way. I heard that laugh. Greg loved that. Okay, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Now jump down to uh, verse 4. It says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Hey, real quick, write this down. You got a pen handy? Write this down. Okay, the ultimate goal of gratitude is worship. Okay, the ultimate goal of gratitude is worship. Now, that does not mean that, that worship and being thankful are the exact same thing. I had to think about that a bunch this, this week as I was working through this. Because I was like, isn't being thankful worshiping? And isn't worshiping really just giving thanks? Well, here's the thing as I kind of worked through it and processed. Um, gratitude, okay? Gratitude is expressing appreciation. Whereas worship is ascribing worth. Let me say that again. Gratitude is a, uh, expressing appreciation where you're, you're thanking God. Whereas worship is ascribing worth, where you're, you're telling him, you're ascribing to him how great he is. All right, so there's, there's a difference there. They're not the exact same thing. They're not exactly synonymous. However, they are very closely linked. They're very closely linked. And these verses show us that as, as, as they go back and forth very seamlessly between this idea of praising the Lord and this idea of thanking him. It goes uh, back and forth. So hey, to become more thankful Christ followers, our end goal has to be to become greater worshipers of God. That's what our end goal has to be because thankfulness leads us to worship. That's what it does. So let me just ask you the question, is becoming a greater worshiper of Jesus Christ, more, more passionate, more spirit-filled, more exclamation-laden worship, is that your overall mission in life? Is that your overall mission? Is that what you want your life to be all about? Because once you realize that that that's what God created you for. That's the entire reason he put you on the planet. As a side note here, I love the line by, by John Piper where he said that missions, as in missions trips, evangelism, all of it, missions exists because worship doesn't. Missions exist because worship doesn't. How true is that? We wouldn't have to do missions trips. We wouldn't have to do much of anything if everybody already worshiped. The end goal is that God is calling out worshipers. That is what he wants. 
Once you realize that that is what God wants from you, it's your entire reason for living, and you embrace that for yourself, and, and, and growing that and, and living that out becomes your life goal, you know what happens? You automatically become more thankful. You automatically become more thankful because now your focus is in the right place. It's, it's on him. It's on Jesus Christ. He's the object of your affection. And, and, and you appreciate him for, for just who he is. And of course, for all the different things that he has done. Okay, again, thankfulness and worship, they're so closely linked. You can't really uh, pull them apart. Listen, one of the biggest reasons why, why young kids don't say thank you uh, when they receive something is because they aren't focused on the giver. They're not focused on the giver. They're only thinking about themselves and they can't think beyond the thing that they've been given, right? So they, they take the lollipop that you have given them and, and they just, they begin immediately pulling off the wrapper and, and all of the noise that you who gave it to them, the parents, the want, 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 Charlie Brown voice in the background fades out and they're just focused on the thing and they can't think outside of themselves, right? They can't think outside of the gift, we're the same way with God. We do the same things. We often aren't thankful because we're not even thinking about him. You know, or maybe we, we manage to thank him, but it's only because we've learned how to, how to kind of put it all together. We've learned how to behave and make it look like we're doing the right thing. But it's really this, this forced thing because we know it's the right thing to do and, and it kind of comes out awkward and, and unnatural. It's not genuine. It's, it's not passionate. It's not from a heart of, of, of real gratitude. And as we kind of think about this and we examine our own lives, we need to, to really ask ourselves the question and, and wonder, you know, do I love the gift more than I love the giver? Do I love what God gives me but maybe not him so much. I mean, how many times have, have I caught myself asking the Lord for things in prayer? Right, Lord, would you give me wisdom? I need help in this. God, would, would you transform my life? Would, would you forgive me for, for my sin this week and the things that I've been struggling? But, and I, you know, I'm asking him for those things, but I don't just want him, right? I don't just want to be in his presence, Verse 2 says that, right? It says, come into his presence with singing. Come into his presence. And hey, where I'm in that place and I don't just want the Lord, I just want the thing from him, there's no real worship taking place. No, no authentic thanksgiving when God answers my prayer. I, 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 just, I just take the thing from him and move on. I run. When worship is the goal, Okay, that is, that is the focus of our lives. We want to worship him in all things. Our thanksgiving will just be bursting at the seams. It'll be pouring out. We won't be able to contain it. We'll be blown away. We'll be so shocked that he would, that he would think about us and give us anything, let, us, let alone the thing that we've asked for. We won't have to try and remember to thank him. It'll, it'll just happen. It'll happen naturally from a heart that's just captivated with him and who he is. Uh, 
Here's the second thing. I nearly burst with thankfulness to God when I know my place and I'm good with it. Right? When I know my place and I'm, I'm cool with that. Okay, we've kind of already hinted at this already, but here it is, clear as day. Take a look at the verse, verse 3. He says this, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Hey, this verse, it's, it's so incredible if you really stop and think about it because it's so rich with humility. It, it's, so, it's so not the position we naturally operate from. It, it, it's, it's not. I mean, you can tell that this has been written by a person here who just gets it, right? They, they, they got it. Right? He's like, the, the Lord's on the throne, not me. Right? He is God, I, I'm not. You know, I, I'm simply a sheep, so to speak. He is my shepherd. He, he is in charge. And again, I just love the humility of all of that. It's incredible. I love, I love how clearly the, the psalmist here, he sees his place. He, he gets it. He knows it. He's, he, he's good with it. He's like, Lord, you're on the throne. And my response is to bend my knee. And what's more, and on top of that, and this is what I love too, and this kind of goes back to the exclamation points thing that I was talking about, is, is you sense the, the joy in him. Right? You sense the joy in him as he, he understands that, that being subject to God, being underneath him, being the sheep when he is the shepherd, that's, that, that's where it's at. Right? That's the place to be. Now sometimes when... Uh, when a child doesn't show gratitude, it's because they just don't know their place. Right? They don't know their place. They don't have any concept of this. Right? They, you know, they think it's unfair that, that their parents don't let them stay up even later. And, and they're not grateful for the fact that, that mom and dad have already let them stay up uh, late enough. They should be thankful for that. And on top of it, there should be no arguing. Right? So this should just be an appreciation and they should understand that they're, they're the child. They have no right to argue and, and fight back. They have zero authority, right? None, no say. Their job is simply to obey and like it. Right? Kids have a hard time with that, but so do we. And you see what I'm getting at here. Again, we're that child. We are that child. We would we would do well to know, as the verse says here, know that the Lord, he is God. He is God. He has all authority. We have zilch. You know, he gives us far more than we deserve, uh, but we complain when we don't get more. You know, we, we're the sheep, but we think we should be the shepherd. You know, when, when we operate from that position, Gratitude is nowhere to be found. And listen, it, it, it's pride. It's pride that, that stops us from knowing our place. Right? Pride demands. Pride causes us to complain. Pride is really the opposite, the, the antithesis of thankfulness. When we're anywhere than less than at a place where we're bursting with with gratitude to God, we need to ask ourselves the question, you know, how is my pride getting the best of me here? You know, if I don't care, if I'm not feeling it, if I'm not pumped about the Lord and what he has done, if I'm not grateful, 
There's some kind of pride in my life that is hindering me from this. And, and we really do need to give it a really hard look in each one of our lives. Do that spiritual inventory thing where we look in and what is it that's holding me back from all of this? And then, of course, deal with it through repentance. We need to deal with it through repentance. That's confessing our sin, apologizing about it to God. Do you do that? Because here's one of the things that I've found so easy in my life. It's easy to realize, yeah, you know what? I haven't been that thankful. I'm going to try harder next time. And that's really all I do. Good reminder, need to be thankful. I'll try that next time, right? But we don't, we don't confess the sin that got us into that place of, of, la- of lack of thankfulness in the first place. Right? Do, you, do you deal with the sin? Are you keeping short accounts with the Lord where you're, you're confessing it daily? You're confessing it often. Saying, Lord, forgive me for the arrogance of thinking that I don't have anything to be thankful for. Forgive me, Lord, for this. What I love about verse 3 here is the, the genuine joy that the author has from his position of humility. Okay, he loves that, that God is God and he is not. He, he, he's all about it. He, he loves that he is the, is the sheep, that, that God's job is being the shepherd. He's like, I want no part of that. He truly finds satisfaction and, and happiness in his role, in this place of, of humility. Listen, listen, the Lord is not fooled by our, our pathetic, our, our pitiful acts of, of false humility. You know the ones where we, you know, we kind of act humble on the outside and, and we've got the mask in place. And again, we know how to behave real well. We've got that game all figured out. But, but inside, our hearts are just drowning in pride. Drowning in pride. You know, he's, he's not looking at you to, to grit your teeth and bear it and say, you know, fine. You're God. Have it your way. That attitude doesn't please him. That attitude shows that your heart is, is, is not in a good place. Listen, true humility loves being humble. It loves it. True humility is the realization that humility is the best place you could possibly be. It's where all the blessing is. When you've been humbled, you'll be so thankful for every little thing that God has blessed you with. And again, you're not going to have to try and come up with a list. We've all been there, though. We're like, man, I should thank God for some things. And then we sit there like blank, right? We're like, what are those things? And I guess I, I, guess I got to think about it. No, you won't have to come up with the list. Every single time something happens, you're like, thank you, Lord. This is incredible. You're pouring this out on me. It's all just going to flow out. And it happens because you're in a position of, of humility and, and, and you're good with that. You love it. Here's the last thing. I'll nearly burst with thankfulness to God when I'm struck by his incredible generosity. I'm struck by his incredible generosity. Okay, take a look at verse 5 now. Verse 5 says this, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Okay, so here the psalmist, he recognizes very clearly, it's obvious to him that, that the Lord is good, right? And his goodness is seen, is, is, is evidenced in how generous he is. 
He's so generous to us. He, he gives copious amounts, as the psalmist says here, of his steadfast love. Right? His steadfast love and his, and his faithfulness to all generations. You see the generosity there? Hey, listen, it's, it's really, really important that we as the church, we as individuals, learn to do what the psalmist is doing here um, as he recites this. It's to remind ourselves to focus on his generosity. Because sometimes I think we can get into this place where we kind of think that God is being stingy. He's being stingy. And maybe it's because you've been praying for something for a while now. You're like, man, why won't the, God just, why, why won't the Lord just pour this out on us? Why, why won't he answer this prayer? Why, why is he holding back? You know, does, does he even care? Maybe, maybe he's not so good. Maybe he's not faithful. Maybe he's not generous. And so when we remind ourselves of his goodness, and we're thinking about that in our own lives, it begins to soften our hearts as the Holy Spirit works, and we begin to appreciate all the things that he has done. And I don't mean that we should just kind of robotically sort of rehearse that his steadfast love endures forever. Right? We, shouldn't, we shouldn't be like that or, or that he's faithful to all generations. It's, it's not this, this like check a box, I did my duty, I read that verse, I've reminded myself of it and I've moved on. No, we, we, need, we need to allow ourselves to be struck by it, to be moved by it, to be captivated by his generosity. And I think it means that, that we need to give ourselves adequate opportunity adequate time and, and attention to these things so that they sink in. Now, I know we struggle with the, the time thing, but we all have the same amount of time in a day. It really comes down to priorities. So you ever do that? Do you stop and really think and, and, and meditate on and, and prayerfully consider all the different ways that God has poured his love out on you, all the different ways that he has been faithful towards you, you know, think about all the prayers that you have prayed over the course of your life. If that seems pretty overwhelming, think about it over the last six months or a year. What are the things that we've been praying for as a family or, or me as an individual? You know, how has the Lord answered these prayers? Maybe he's answered them exactly the way that I was asking. Maybe he answered them in a different way. Have, have I expressed proper gratitude to him for that? Or did I just receive the thing and move on? I would encourage you to think about that individually, maybe as a family when you're gathering together, not just at Thanksgiving, the classic times you go around and say one thing you're thankful to, you know, not just then. Thank the Lord always. Talk about it. Thank him for your prayers that have been answered. Thank him for his generosity in that way. But hey, have you ever, have you ever thought, uh, thought to thank him for um, his greatest example of generosity ever, uh, which was the gospel, right? Which is, was his sacrifice on the cross uh, for you, you know, our salvation. It's so good when we can, when we can remind ourselves of that and, and show appreciation to the Lord. And I would just encourage you, if you've never really done that before, you know, just start back at the beginning, back even before creation, and think about how the Godhead, the, 
the, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how, how they enjoyed a perfect, without blemish relationship between the three of them. And how because of their generosity, they wanted to create us so that they could share that love with us. That was the reason they did it. They wanted us to experience that same steadfast love. Do you thank him for it? Do you think about it? Do you thank him for the fact that God has given us as mankind responsibility? He's given us a mission. He you know, started back in the garden with Adam and Eve. He, he gave them the responsibility of stewarding or, or managing all of creation. We've got a purpose. We're not supposed to just sit there on the sidelines and do nothing. He wants us in the game. That's all part of it. Do you thank him for that? Do you thank him for the fact that even after we rebelled against him, again, back to Adam and Eve, they, they disobeyed and they, they sinned and, and, and now we all do as a result as well. And, and how that rebellion, that sin has put us on a, on a path towards hell forever. Even though that is the case, he decided to do something about it. God was like, it's because I love them, because my love is steadfast, because it doesn't shake, because I'm faithful to all generations. What I'm going to do is I'm going to come down and rescue them myself. And so that's exactly what he did. He came down as Jesus Christ. He came down, he lived the perfect life, right? He, he lived that sinless life to satisfy God's righteous requirements. The kind of life that you and I couldn't live because sin has so thoroughly corrupted us. And he suffered a, a horrific death on the cross, an awful murder at the hands of sinful people to pay that price once and for all to pay the price that you and I owed. Do you thank him for that? Do you, do you realize and do you understand and do you thank him that the purpose of him going through all of that was to reunite him with ourselves, to, to make all things new, to bridge the gap that sin has caused, the chasm that we can't get across, he got across for us. Do you praise the Lord for that? Do you think about that? Hey, listen, maybe you're uh, here today and, and you're a guest and, and you've never heard it put this way before. You never knew what it meant to, to know God personally. Well, it comes to understanding and realizing everything that I just explained. It's realizing that, that you have sin in your life. We all do, every single one of us. We're all on the same level. I'm not better than you. You're not better than the next person. It's not the way it works. We've all got sin. And that sin has made us enemies with God. But did you know that that, that whole enemy piece can be fixed and you can be a friend of God? You can be called into his family and be a son or daughter of the king. Do you realize you can do that if you just admit your sinfulness to him and ask him to be your savior? It's trusting that what Jesus Christ did on the cross was enough to pay the penalty for your sin. You don't have to add to that. You don't have to make up for that. Jesus did it all for you. You can do that as you sit here. You can come talk to one of us after the service. We would love to talk to you more about what it means to know Jesus. Listen, church, the rest of us here, do you think about the gospel? Do you think about the gospel? 
Or do you get caught up in the mindset that, no, that's for Harvest Kids up, upstairs. That's to get kids into the door of the kingdom, so to speak. But once we, once we start doing, you know, adult church, real church, whatever we think it is, we move on from it. No, we got we to remind ourselves of the gospel because that puts us in our place. That humbles us. That gives us joy. Do you, do you stop and ever think about the fact that at any point God could have said, you know what? Done with them. Done with humanity. They, they just keep sinning. They keep messing up. They, they don't get it. They keep, they keep blowing it and, and it's not worth it anymore. And, 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 and goodbye, I'm walking away. He could have washed his hands from us. Done. But he didn't. And he never will because his love is steadfast. Because he is faithful to his promises that he made over and over again that I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I'm going to heal you from your sin. I'm going to reunite you with myself. Ultimately, someday in the future, I'm going to come and bring my people to myself and we're going to live in eternity, in glory, forever in heaven where there is no more effects from sin. There's none of it. Amazing thing to think about that. Now, do you think about it? But beyond that, do you thank him for it? Do you thank him for it? Heartfelt, expressive, passionate, not holding anything back, gratitude. Does it cause you to crumble in fear before him? Does it cause you to stand in awe of your Savior and worship? Now, one of the coolest things about kids is that when they're truly thankful, they don't hold anything back. They don't. You know, their, their, their eyes light up. You know, they, they jump up and down, think Christmas morning, right? And, and, and they're fired up and it's, you know, they throw their arms around you and it's, and it's kisses and then they stop and they, they open the present more and then they come back to you and they're jumping and they can't sit still and it's flowing out of them. They don't care what people think. They're not like, well, you know, I got to behave. No, they don't care. It's just gratitude. It's joy. They love the giver. They just, they just let it happen. Listen, the worship team is, is going to come up right now. And uh, we're going to sing a couple more songs uh, in response. But hey, if ever there was a time to respond adequately, to respond properly, to respond with joy and gratitude and thanksgiving and true heartfelt worship, I think now's the time. Right? I think now's the time. Who cares about what your neighbor's doing? Worship him. Worship him with gratitude. Focus on who he is. Focus on what he has done. He is worthy of it. He's worthy of a million times more worship and gratitude than you could ever give. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do just that. Let's pray. Lord, we come now before you, Lord, recognizing that even as we think and talk about gratitude, even as we think about true worship, Lord, Lord, the best person here only understands a small fraction of what it's really all about. Lord, the person here that gets it the most needs to get it even more. So Lord, would you have mercy on us? Lord, would you open up our hearts to, to see, to truly understand your goodness to us? Lord, I pray that our gratitude would be, would be bursting, Lord, 
that we would not hold back because we fear, Lord, that we would not hold back because we don't get it, Lord. Would you, would you penetrate these hard hearts, Lord? Would you help us to get outside of our comfort zones, Lord? Would you help us to really mean it, not put on the act, who cares? Lord, that's not what you care about. Lord, would you be glorified in this? That's what you want your church to be about, worship. So Lord, draw us into this place, or would you continue to work on the culture here, Lord, that we would come every single Sunday, passionate, fired up, excited about the fact that we get to worship you, Lord. We get to do it. It's not something that we do to pass time before a speaker comes up. Lord, worship is, is all of it. All of it can be worshipful. Lord, from our giving, to our singing, to our serving, to our conversations, to time in your word. Lord, all of it can be worshipful. Lord, continue to teach us this. We understand that we have a long way to go, Lord. We thank you for your patience with us. We thank, we're thankful for your grace, that by your grace, we can change. Lord, we, we cry out for more of that, Lord. Pour your grace out. Be honored as we sing, Lord. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.